"'Has your majesty perused yesterday's report? "'But tell the duke himself, who cannot find anything, "'what the report contains. "'Give him the particulars of what the usurper is doing in his islet.' "'Monsieur,' said the baron to the duke, "'all the servants of his majesty must approve of the latest intelligence "'which we have from the island of Elba. "'Bonaparte,' Monsieur Dondre looked at Louis the Eighteenth, "'who employed in writing a note, did not even raise his head. Bonaparte, continued the baron, is mortally wearied, and passes whole days in watching his miners at work at Porto Longoni. And scratches himself for amusement, added the king. Scratches himself? inquired the duke. What does your majesty mean? Yes, indeed, my dear duke, did you forget that this great man, this hero, this demigod, is attacked with a malady of the skin which worries him to death? Perigo? And moreover, my dear duke, continued the minister of police, we are almost assured that, in a very short time, the usurper will be insane. Insane? Raving mad. His head becomes weaker. Sometimes he weeps bitterly. Sometimes laughs boisterously. At other time, he passes hours on the seashore, flinging stones in the water, and when the flint makes duck and drake five or six times, he appears as delighted as if he had gained another Marengo or Austerlitz. Now you must agree that these are indubitable symptoms of insanity. Or of wisdom, my dear baron, or of wisdom, said Louis the Eighteenth, laughing. The greatest captains of antiquity amused themselves by casting pebbles into the ocean. See Plutarch's life of Scipio Africanus. Monsieur de Blacas pondered deeply between the confident monarch and the truthful minister. Villefort, who did not choose to reveal the whole secret, lest another should reap all the benefit of the disclosure, had yet communicated enough to cause him the greatest uneasiness. "'Well, well, Dandre,' said Louis the Eighteenth, "'Blacas is not yet convinced. Let us proceed, therefore, to the usurper's conversion.' The minister of police bowed. "'The usurper's conversion,' murmured the duke, looking at the king and Dandre, who spoke alternately, like Virgil's shepherds. "'The usurper converted?' "'Decidedly, my dear duke. "'In what way converted? "'Two good principles. "'Tell him all about it, baron.' "'Why, this is the way of it,' said the minister, "'with the gravest air in the world. "'Napoleon lately had a review, "'and as two or three of his old veterans "'expressed a desire to return to France, "'he gave them their dismissal, "'and exhorted them to serve the good king. "'These were his own words. "'Of that I am certain. "'Well, Blacas? "'What do you think of this?' inquired the king triumphantly, and pausing for a moment from the voluminous goliast before him. "'I say, sire, that the minister of police is greatly deceived, or I am, and as it is impossible it can be the minister of police, as he has the guardianship of the safety and honour of your majesty, it is probable that I am in error. However, sire, if I might advise, your majesty will interrogate the person of whom I spoke to you, and I will urge your majesty to do him this honor. Most willingly, duke, under your auspices I will receive any person you please, but you must not expect me to be too confiding. Baron, have you any report more recent than this dated the 20th February? This is the 4th of March. No, sire, but I am hourly expecting one. It may have arrived since I left my office. Go thither, and if there be none, well, well, continued Louis the Eighteenth, make one. That is the usual way, is it not? and the king laughed facetiously. "'Oh, sire,' replied the minister, "'we have no occasion to invent any, 
Everyday artists are loaded with most circumstantial denunciations, coming from hosts of people who hope for some return for services, which they seek to render, but cannot. They trust to fortune, and rely upon some unexpected event, in some way to justify their predictions. "'Well, sir, go,' said Louis the Eighteenth, "'and remember that I am waiting for you. "'I will but go and return, sire. "'I shall be back in ten minutes.' "'And I, sire,' said Monsieur de Blacas, "'will go and find my messenger.' "'Wait, sir, wait,' said Louis the Eighteenth. "'Really, Monsieur de Blacas, "'I must change your armorial bearings. "'I will give you an eagle with outstretched wings, "'holding in its claws a prey "'which tries in vain to escape.' and bearing this device, Tanax. Sire, I listen, said the Blacus, biting his nails with impatience. I wish to consult you on this passage, Moli Fugien Angelitu. You know it refers to a stag flying from a wolf. Are you not a sportsman and a great wolf-hunter? Well, then, what do you think of the Moli Angelitu? Admirable, sire, but my messenger is like the stag you refer to for he has posted two hundred and twenty leagues, in scarcely three days. Which is undergoing great fatigue and anxiety, my dear Duke, when we have a telegraph which transmits messages in three or four hours, and that without getting in the least out of breath. Ah, sire, you recompense but badly this poor young man, who has come so far, and with so much ardor, to give your majesty useful information, if only for the sake of Monsieur de Servieux, who recommends him to me, I entreat your majesty to receive him graciously. Monsieur de Savieux, my brother's chamberlain? Yes, sire. He is at Marseilles, and writes me thence. Does he speak to you of this conspiracy? No, but strongly recommends Monsieur de Villefort, and begs me to present him to your majesty. Monsieur de Villefort, cried the king, is the messenger's name Monsieur de Villefort? Yes, sire, and he comes from Marseilles? in person. Why did you not mention his name at once? replied the king, betraying some uneasiness. Sire, I thought his name was unknown to your majesty. No, no, Blaca, he is a man of strong and elevated understanding, ambitious, too, and pardieu, you know his father's name. 